to the Celtics Rewind. I'm JP. And I am Nat GM. What's up, y'all? Hey, hey, hey. This is episode nine of the Celtics Rewind, talking all things Boston Celtics. I'm your host, JP, the franchise. My co-host, Nat, is unfortunately not on this episode as she's still recovering from sickness. So, prayers to her and hopefully she gets the feeling better. So, we'll be talking the Boston Celtics the past six games where they had a four-game homestand against the Cavaliers twice and the Orlando Magic twice. And then they started their West Coast road trip uh, going up against the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. So, we're going to talk about those games. And then we're going to be talking about the future games as they continue their West Coast trip going against the Clippers Saturday night and going up against the Los Angeles Lakers on Christmas Day and also the Detroit Pistons. So we're going to go over all that right here on episode nine. So definitely tune in for this. And um, let's go ahead and get going and talk about the takeaways that I got against both Cavalier games. So the very first uh, Cavalier game, um, you know, Cavaliers did really well in the first quarter. They started out really hot, and the Boston Celtics was really kind of starting things off slow and everything, but eventually it picked back up. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined for 50 points. Uh, one, the rebound about That's one of the things about the Boston Celtics against Cleveland last season is that they had so much trouble with the length and size with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and just not securing rebounds unfortunately so <clears throat> with Porzingis added to the mix this year kind of makes the Celtics a little dynamic and you know a little better at length here so the rebounding battle was very important looking at both the Cavalier games to see if we can win the rebounding battle so we won the rebounding battle both times against Cleveland uh, the first one uh, won the rebounding battle 45 to 35 and then we won it the second time 44 to 39 so that was really good um, also in the first game we shot a lot of free throws we shot 26 times on the free throw line and made all 26 of them 100%. So that's really important key into the Celtics victory. Um, the bench played really well from Boston. Boston, um, even though sometimes they can be shorthanded or they have everybody, their bench is pretty good. They got got a lot better because early in the season, we kind of criticized that the bench is not performing as they should be, you know, except for like Al Hofer because he plays as well. Then Sam Hauser started coming on and started having these amazing streaks from the three-point line. Peyton Pritchard's finding his role as a backup point guard. Danton's doing his thing. Brissett's doing his thing. Quetta's doing his thing. So the bench is playing a lot better. Um, and they out uh, scored the Cleveland's bench by two points, 21 points to Cleveland's 19. The start of the starting five for Boston were in double figures. Um, like I said, it was a very slow start at the beginning as Cleveland kind of took advantage in the first quarter. But eventually we kind of found our groove and we started coming back and then we started chipping away too in the fourth quarter. Well, we held Cleveland scoreless in a stretch of two minutes and 40 seconds. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell were 
not really um, great in that fourth quarter in that stretch. Now, usually Donovan Mitchell plays really well against the Boston Celtics. It just seems like he has an agenda against Boston, like based on the scoring averages that he has against the Boston Celtics. But that's good that we kind of played really good defense and held him kind of scoreless, not scoring really well in that fourth quarter in that stretch. So that was really awesome to see. Um, 34 points in the paint. We did commit 15 turnovers. Got to do a little bit of better job of controlling the ball and not commit many turnovers. Uh, we played well in the second and third quarter, and we did a wonderful job of chipping away in the fourth quarter, and we're still undefeated at home. So that's awesome to uh, take away from this. Then going against the Cavaliers again a couple of days later, um, <clears throat> a couple of takeaways from that. Um, again, you know, the starters were in double figures. Uh, Sam Hauser and Al Hofer were really tremendous. Um, coming off the bench, we shot well from field goal, over 50%, 36% from three-point. Uh, Luke Cornett was out. Um, and then the Cavaliers committed 16 turnovers, which Boston Celtics uh, scored 21 points off those turnovers. We had 13 turnovers, so two less than uh, the first time, but uh, we still need to do a better job of controlling the ball. Uh, 50 points in the paint, a lot better than 34 points in the paint, 22 assists. And then the first quarter was a whole lot different uh, in that second game because we came off to a firing start in that first quarter. Or so, and it kind of just, you know, <clears throat> it kind of gave like a uh, a sign that good things is going to come in this game as Boston is looking good. It's looking good for this game and they won. So, and they're still undefeated at home. So great job by the Boston Celtics defeating the Cavaliers twice right there at home. And then we get to the tougher matchup, which a lot of people have been looking forward to, which is the Atlanta magic. The Atlanta magic beat us last season. We never beat them last season. Um, and then in the in-season tournament, they straight up dominated at us. They was rebounding. They were hustling. They was just – they were a lot better than we were in that in-season tournament. So um, going against the Magic, it was going to be really tough, though. But, hey, they found a way to beat the Orlando Magic twice, and it was not even close at all. They really dominated them. Um so looking at that first matchup with the Magic, they shot the Boston Celtics shot really well from field goal, shooting over fifty percent and forty-two percent from three-point. Uh, Al Hofer and Porzingis was out too, and Cornette was out as well. Bench was awesome, uh, led by Peyton Pritchard, twenty-one points, forty-seven bench points for the Boston Celtics. Tatum, Brown, and Derek White, sixty-seven points combined. Uh, Atlanta Magic was turning the ball over so many times. They had 21 turnovers, and Boston scored 26 points off the turnovers, 52 points in the paint. Um, still got out-rebounded, though, uh, 45 to 34. We was moving the ball really well with 31 assists, 18 fast-break points, still undefeated at home. So that was awesome to see the domination of Boston, I guess, the Orlando Magic that first time. And then the second time they faced the Orlando Magic, uh, shout out to Paula Bancaro. Paula Bancaro was just unbelievable in that first half, uh, scoring 20-something points in the first half, though. But, you know, in the end, though, um, Boston still found a way to win that game. Jalen Brown was unbelievable. <laughs> 
especially in that fourth, uh, fourth quarter where he scored 17 points off his, 17 points of his uh, 31 points in the fourth quarter. So he was just taken over right there. So Boston did really well against the Orlando Magic um, the second time around, and they uh, dominated them. So still undefeated at home. Um, so that was a really great sign to see. And they're going to face each other again. And when it comes to the playoffs, uh, this series between Orlando Magic and Boston when they face each other, that's probably going to be a seven-game series. It's going to be really tough. Um, but Boston's still going to prevail, though, against the Magic because of the experience. But it's still going to be an entertaining seven-game series. Now, <clears throat> after after the four-game home stretch, um, we started going on the road to the West Coast trips and everything. Um, and then we're going to California. And then we have the Golden State Warriors right here. So the other night, uh, Boston faced the Golden State Warriors. and I'll tell you, Boston could have easily won this game. They could have easily won this game against the Golden State Warriors. But fortunately, Jason Tatum got hurt in the first quarter with an ankle injury. He was limping straight to the locker room, and everybody was kind of holding their breath, especially Celtic fans. They were just like gasping for air, like, oh, no, this is not good. This is not good. But he still played on it and played um, the rest of the game. So it was like a good sign that, you know, Nothing was really crazy or nothing was uh, worse on that one. So, But unfortunately, with him being hurt, he was not really the same Jason Tan that we, you know, are accustomed to see just because of his ankle injury and stuff. So, yeah, so it was a very tough time for Jason Tatum. But still, though, even in Jason Tatum's absence and stuff, we've seen, you know, Derek White played really well. We've seen Jalen Brown play really well. Uh, we've seen everybody playing well, stepping up their game. Uh, Bissett, when he was uh, coming in, he scored like six, seven, eight straight points uh, coming off the bench. Quetta come in and was getting offensive rebounds, and he was unbelievable. And <laughs> it's so funny when you go on Twitter, um, everybody, especially Celtic fans, was like, Trey Luke Cornette, we got Quetta. Cornette ain't this, ain't that. I'm like, Y'all need to chill out, man. Like, I love Quetta too, but Cornette been playing really good basketball this season. He just plays simple basketball, doing the pick and rolls, getting blocked shots, getting rebounds. Like, he is playing simple basketball, so I don't really get where the hate's coming from and all that. And there's always been a battle. It's like, okay, who should get more bids between Quetta and Luke Cornette? I understand that Quetta brings a different dynamic and different feel and a different impact, a different energy when he comes off the bench and provides offensive rebounds and being able to get blocked shots and able to uh, score the basketball getting rebounds so I understand the difference though but I'm not gonna crap on Luke Cornett though I mean Luke Cornett's been playing good basketball so shout out to Luke Cornett hopefully he gets back uh, soon on the court too so um the first quarter was a very nice start for the Boston Celtics um you know in that third quarter you know Golden State you know they used to be a really good third quarter team um, based on the explosion, hitting three-point shots and everything. Um, you know, they're not really as great of a three-point, uh, third-quarter team, unfortunately, uh, just because of just the pieces they have. But they still can, you know, go off in the third quarter. So, you know, Boston is aware of that. And also, Boston's not really great when it comes to third quarter because after, like, the first half where we play really well, it just seems like the third quarter we just – can't find rhythm, we'd be cold, or we're just lack of defense. But they played really well in the third quarter. It got to the point Steph Curry was on the bench because he had five fouls. 
So it was like, okay, so maybe Boston's going to have a big chance to win this game. And also keep in mind that Porzingis was out too as well. So if Porzingis would have played uh, against Golden State, we would have easily won this game. And if Tatum didn't hurt his ankle, we would have easily won this game. But Golden State, their shooters, Clay and Steph, like, I don't know what it is. It's like every time they set the screen, they get this open threes. It seems like Al Hofer's dropping back coverage. And then, like, Clay and Steph easily have a three-point shot open. They're just so good at that. And they just, the Celtics just could not stop it, unfortunately. Um, it's crazy, you know, that after we take a 2-1 series lead in the NBA Finals, we're 1-5 against Golden State Warriors. It just seems like Steph has the agenda against the Boston Celtics, and Clay does too. Clay's been playing really good basketball as of late after getting criticized, and he's just busting three-point shots up and just killing us. So that fourth quarter, Celtics got really cold. They could not hit water at a cliche. They could not score the basketball. They couldn't hit three-point shots. They missed 41 three-point shots. Uh, they could not hit layups. Like, there was a possession where they had, like, four or five offensive rebounds, and they could not hit those threes. They could not hit those layups. It was just, like, bad. It was going downhill. So, <clears throat> and once they once it was a tie game, Tatum took a really bad shot to try to win the game, and we had to go to OT. It was a really bad shot. I don't know why he took that shot, you know. And when they got into overtime, I just kind of knew that Golden State got the momentum. Like, they just took the momentum away once Steph, and Steph started hitting threes and was just a man possessed. And in overtime, Warriors scored 11 points. Steph was responsible for, like, eight of those points. And Boston couldn't really do anything. Steph hit a really clutch shot to put the dagger in, telling the Celtics night-night. Um... He was very big down the stretch, and Celtics just could not do anything, unfortunately. So, yeah, uh, Derek White and Jalen Brown played good. Bench was good, and it just seems like we just could not win on the road because the past four games, um, they just could not win. They, we, we were 0-4, 0-4 on the road. It was – it's not good. It was not good. Um I mean, like, four straight world losses. I mean, we have four straight world losses, and that's not good at all. We're undefeated at home, but we just cannot pick up victories on the road. So it was a heartbreaker to see the Celtics lose that one. Shout out to Terrence Jackson Davis, too. He was great um, for the Golden State Warriors. He had a nice block shot on Jalen Brown. When Jalen Brown tried to attempt a dunk at OT, I, he should have just went with a layup, but... It is what it is, though. Uh, but, yeah, he was great. Uh, Kaminga was good, too, as well. So that should have been a game that Boston should have won. And the next time we face Golden State, I believe, is in March at home. So hopefully we can get that win back against Golden State. So going on, and we have a back-to-back -back game um, against the Sacramento Kings. And Al Hofer's out because he don't play back-to-backs. Jason Tatum was out with an ankle injury. Cornette's still out with a ductal strain and looking at that first quarter against the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they both teams was firing back and forth from three point line. They were scoring. Like it was just like 
a pinball machine. Boom, 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 boom. They both teams was hitting their shots. And it got to the point Sacramento just started getting kind of cold, and Boston still was just hot from three-point and field goal because they were kind of pissed off that they were cold in the fourth quarter, though. But uh, Boston shot really well, over 50% field goal and three-point shooting. Um, I got to give them a lot of credit, especially against Golden State and the Kings, that they didn't commit the ball as uh, – commit turnovers as much. Um, and they did a great job controlling the ball. Um, Derek White will definitely get into a little bit later because – I try to tell people Derek White is a top 100 player. He was amazing uh, against Sacramento. Jalen Brown was great. Porzingis played. He was good. Holiday w- was good. Peyton Pritchard was great off the bench, getting 20 points. Out rebounding the Kings. Great job moving the ball around. Um, we still got to do a better job of defending the three-point line because sometimes somebody's open for a three-point shot and they can make that shot. Um, broke the four-game road losing streak, so that was really awesome to see. Overall record is 21-6, so good job for the Boston Celtics, 5-1 record, as we're talking on Episode 9 of the Celtics Rewire, where you can get it on Apple, Spotify, and also on YouTube, too, as well. So, Derek White. I've been trying to tell people that Derek White is a top 100 player because he's one of the best role players in the NBA he, he improved his three-point shooting. He can drive. He can pass the ball, facilitate. He could defend. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Block his shots still. Whatever you want Dale White to do, rebound the ball, whatever you want him to do, he will do it. And people looked at me and said, he's not a top 100 player. I'm like, have you watched him like the past two years with Boston? He's been unbelievable. And you can make an argument this season that he's been probably our best clutch player, unfortunately. Just because, like, without Derek White hitting three-point shots or getting key blocks, we probably would have lose a couple of those games. But with Derek White hitting threes and getting defensive play and making defensive plays, he is just a huge, he's just an impact player for the Boston Celtics. So I don't understand why you say that Daryl White is not a top 100 player. He is a top 100 player. Um, and he's just been unbelievable down the stretch. So I just don't, I just don't get it. And then somebody was telling me, well, he probably benefits because Drew Holiday is there. I'm like, he's been doing that like in San Antonio. Have you watched him in San Antonio? Have you watched him alongside Marcus Smart? Like, he's been doing the same thing over and over again. Like, he was the leader on the team in blocks last season. He was an all-defensive NBA. Like, come on now. Don't don't disrespect Derrick White like that. He is, without a doubt, a top 100 player. If Alice Caruso made the top 100, Derrick White needs to be in there. And there's no disrespect to Alice Caruso. But their white needs to be in that top 100. It's just so crazy that he's not. So hopefully he'd be in there next season, though. He's one of the best role players in the NBA. He can have an argument of making the All-Star game based on what he's doing, his value and um, contributions to the Boston Celtics. And uh, enough of the Jason Tatum slander against Golden State. I understand that you want to slander him for past games and performances. That's totally fine. But against Golden State... A lot of people was on Jason Tatum's ass, and I'm like, 
brother was hurt. What else do you want him to do? Do you want him to cut his leg off, cut his ankle off, and play on one leg? Like, what do you want him to do? He was hurt. He couldn't really do anything. Like, <laughs> you seen the way he was limping off in that locker room? He was not going to be the same. It's like he like game seven against the Miami Heat. We could have we could have won game seven against the Miami Heat, but Jason Tatum got hurt. But he played the whole game, but he was not the same player. Not the same player. So I don't really get the Jason Tatum slander. The only thing I criticize him on against Golden State is a bad three-point shot to try to win the game, and then also missing a layup when Steph Curry is on him. He could easily make that layup, but it went in and out. So that's the only thing I could criticize him on. You can criticize him for past performances, but don't criticize him against Golden State when he was hurt. Come on, people. Come on now. This is episode nine of the Celtics Rewind with JP, the franchise, flying solo. Uh, prayers to Nat. Uh, she was recovering from sickness. So let's go ahead and talk about the Boston Celtics upcoming games. Um, so they got the uh, Clippers on uh, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. I said Saturday night earlier, but I meant Saturday afternoon. And then they have the Los Angeles Lakers on Christmas Day. And then they face the Detroit Pistons on th- next Thursday at home. And then um, they have a back-to-back against the Toronto Raptors on at 7.30 at home. And then they have the San Antonio Spurs at San Antonio on next Sunday. Um, so this one, so what game am I really interested to see the most? Especially, I want to see the Lakers because I, me and my friend Edwin Garcia, shout out to him, uh, doing big things for Silver Screen and Row, um, writing about the Lakers. He's he makes great articles, good great interviews. Shout out to him. Me and him just keep going back and forth about Christmas Day. We can't wait. No, Celtics going to beat the Lakers. He's going back. No, Lakers going to beat the Celtics. Like, he hates Boston. I don't like L.A. just because of him just talking about Boston. So, you know, that rivalry of Boston Celtics, Los Angeles, Lakers, it's real. It is real. Been going, you know, for years and years now, decade after decade. So that's the game I'm really looking forward to see, though. Um, AD and LeBron. You know, great duo, you know, Austin Reeves. You know, they got some pieces over there with uh, Los Angeles. Um, They haven't been playing well after the in-season tournament title. They just haven't been winning games. But, you know, we'll see see what happens against the Lakers. But hopefully Celtics will dominate the Lakers. I would love to see that. Um, The Clippers is going to be really tough. Uh, Depends on who plays over there with the Clippers. They're going to be really tough because they are on a winning streak right now. James Harden is playing really good basketball. Kawhi Leonard's been playing good basketball. Like, that team, you know, is figuring it out. So, you know, Boston, you know, is going to have a tough time against the Clippers at the Clippers. But, you know, this should be a really good game on Saturday afternoon. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, the Celtics against Victor Wimbenyama. That's going to be fun to watch um, there. Uh, Detroit Pistons. I mean, at this point, the Pistons are just really, really awful. And... Usually they play uh, really tough, you know, especially with Cade Cunningham. They play tough, but, you know, we faced them the first time, and it was just not really a contest, unfortunately. So I, I expect it to not really be a contest. I expect it to be domination unless Boston is off from three and really off from, 
field goal and wasn't really playing much defense to give Pistons the victory. So we don't be one of those teams that the Pistons will break their losing streak also. <laughs> um, and then the Toronto Raptors, um, you know, we beat the Raptors again and again. Um, you know, always worry about, you know, Celtics in the fourth quarter because they can blow leads and then the Raptors is a really good fourth quarter team. But I feel like, you know, Boston is going to win it hands down. I expect, you know, I expect Boston to do really well um, these next couple games. So can't wait to see it, though. Um, but, yeah, this is episode nine of Celtics Rewind with JP, the franchise. You can catch uh, episode 10 next week. Hopefully everybody has a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays, too, as well. And um, definitely enjoy the games on Christmas Day. And, um, you know, we'll catch y'all next time. Peace.